Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the podcast version of my newsletter called Sarah by the Season, where I explore a little bit of everything that's on my mind as I try to lean into nature's wisdom and rhythms. Subscribe and learn more at sarahbytheseason.com. This week's newsletter is titled The Power Pattern, Systems, Problems, Continued. I've written about systems problems here before, but watching Dope Sick had me thinking about it in a little more ruthless way. Dope Sick is a Hulu documentary based on the book by the same name by Beth Macy about how the underregulation and mislabeling of Oxycontin due to falsifying studies and outright bribery by the drug's manufacturer led to the opioid crisis. The film and book tell the story about how Purdue Pharma, the company that manufactured and marketed Oxycontin, defended themselves as it became more and more apparent how addictive the drug was by focusing on the narrative that the problem wasn't with the drug itself, but that the problems were coming from individuals abusing the drug. There are several scenes in the film where Richard Sackler, the architect of the company's most egregious lies and manipulations during the rise of Oxy, instructs his attorneys to, quote, hammer the abusers, keeping the focus on individuals instead of the addictive properties of his drug. Here's the thing with Sackler's argument. It isn't completely false. It's just very incomplete and refuses to acknowledge any of his company's responsibility in the wave of addiction caused by Oxycontin. My very rough graph below isn't based on anything but my own research on Oxycontin and addiction, and this is my rough split of responsibility according to my own judgment, i.e. this is obviously not scientific. So I created a little graph, pie graph, that shows Purdue Pharma with 60% of the responsibility, the FDA with 20% of the responsibility, doctors with 5%, pharmacies with 2%, trauma and disconnection with 10%, and the individual with 3%. You'll have to look at the actual newsletter for my artsy pie graph. Purdue misrepresented the data, but then the FDA didn't look at the data as closely as they should have. To me, Purdue and the FDA bear the brunt of the responsibility. Doctors and pharmacies were acting out of trust in the FDA's process, but they also were on the front lines to see the warning signs from the beginning. Individuals do bear some responsibility in the situation, but as there is a very strong tie between trauma and addiction, many of the people who eventually got addicted to opioids probably also had some deeper traumas that they were using an extremely addictive substance that their doctors prescribed to them and told them was safe to deal with their trauma. Once I noticed this pattern in dope sick, I started seeing it everywhere. People, especially people in power, want to blame individuals because that is easier and doesn't require anything from them versus tackling the systems that led to or exacerbated the problem in the first place. A quick Google search of the news demonstrates this phenomenon all over the place. The pandemic has exposed all sorts of systems failures. Our healthcare system, how we think about work, public health communication, social media, to name a few. But instead of sitting back and looking at the big picture, the news, and our conversations are filled with stories blaming individuals instead of doing the much harder work of rethinking the foundations of these systems that led to the failures we're now seeing all over the place. Every time a politician proposes more programs to help average Americans, you hear people, almost always Republicans, complain about so-called welfare queens, which, by the way, is another instance of political opportunism instead of actual facts. Versus looking at the systems that keep people in poverty and the relatively simple policy choices that we could make that are proven to help. The NRA spends millions on lobbying lawmakers every year to keep Congress from passing saner gun laws, even though the vast majority of Americans favor common sense gun laws like background checks and assault weapons ban, preventing people with mental illnesses from purchasing guns. And then there's another school shooting and the NRA and its cronies blame the individual with the gun, saying guns don't kill people, people kill people instead of looking at how easy the system makes it for individuals to obtain guns in the first place. 
fossil fuel industry funds marketing campaigns to encourage individual responses to climate action because that keeps the heat off of them to reduce emissions, something that would do far more to alleviate the oncoming climate disaster than individuals recycling or eating less commercially farmed animal products. But if they keep individuals feeling guilty about their consumption, it keeps the pressure off of the industry as it spends millions to block meaningful climate action. Republicans use abortion to get voters in line because women who want or need abortions are easy targets and because they want power over women's bodies. But they don't actually care about reducing the number of abortions because the data is very clear on what policies reduce abortions. And Republicans, by and large, don't support systemic policies that decrease actual abortions. They would rather keep attacking individual women versus setting policy that would create conditions in which less women need abortions. People are crippled by college debt, but instead of using that as a signal that the higher education system is broken, we all just keep participating in the same cycle, blaming the individuals themselves for going into so much debt. Companies and politicians celebrate International Women's Day instead of actually paying women what they deserve, or passing legislation that would help balance out centuries of oppression and inequity. Or passing legislation that would help balance out centuries of oppression and inequity. And the same, of course, goes for Black History Month, Indigenous Peoples Month, and so on. A way people in power stay in power, whether that's the executives at Purdue Pharma or politicians or billionaires, is by gaslighting us into thinking our problems are just about us not working hard enough or being too sensitive or not being smart enough. Instead of taking the time to see that so many of our problems look like my pie graph above, yes, we bear some responsibility, and in some cases, most of the responsibility, but there are often, if not always, other factors at play. It goes back to the idea I wrote about here about being a jerk or a doormat. We keep thinking that our options available to us are dualistic when really there are a plethora of solutions needed and available to us. But getting stuck thinking that the problems we face are just because we're too much this or not enough that keep us from acting in ways to confront the systems working against us, our communities, and our places. And by allowing ourselves to stay mired in arguing about individual problems instead of systemic ones, the forces in power stay in power and keep playing the same game. For my rants and raves and stuff we're sharing this week, you'll have to tune into the actual newsletter, which you can find at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. If you like this sort of thing and know someone else who would like it, I would love it if you would share it. Thanks so much for listening and cheers to asking yourself, is this a me problem or a systems problem in the week ahead?